the the um, series we've been in, Finishing Strong. We've been on this, this series. Um, Jane, would you turn those lights off there, just for the buzz? It's, it's real. Thank you. There you go. Yeah? I saw someone doing that recently, this morning actually. The Lord, you know, that's, it used to be very in fashion when... Was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, so we've been on finishing strong, and uh, I'm going to try and do that. It's the last Sunday of the year, so thanks, Dave, for letting me have this chance to preach. Um, I thought about talking about liberation. As we're going into the time of the holiday. So, um, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Hebrews 11, Romans 8, and uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, there are Bibles in our seats, everybody, in this church. So, <laughs> at our new venue, we won't probably have those because we'll be sitting at school desks. <laughs> I appreciate what Luke was saying earlier, just a uh, quick... Um, Caveat, yeah? Um, being willing to move is just slacker. Thanks, guys. And I could see earlier when we were discussing what time we should have the picnic, I think Jane and Jess just said it's because everyone's sick of 3.30, let's make it at 2. Because it's been, it's been quite a rough time. Like, teaser to miss the Grand Prix the whole season. Yeah. Afternoons. There's been lots of sacrifices we've all had to make. Um, in our house, it's been, it's been traumatic. From 6 in the morning to when is church starting, 3.30, just repeated. It's just been so intense um, by Leia, just over and every morning. <laughs> How long have you been here? A couple of months, but it's just Sundays have been rough. So I took them to another church this morning. <laughs> I just thought, she was like, when are we going to church? I said, come, we're going right now. <laughs> We picked one and we went. And then they didn't like the kids' service and it was a mess. Anyway. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to January 19th. We're meeting in the morning. It's going to be wonderful. So, who feels liberated right now? I know it's December. Everything loosens up a bit. But just genuinely in, in, your, in your person. In your person. Anybody? Yeah. Anyone feeling liberated? Anyone not and willing to just be vulnerable? It's a sense of like, I'm not feeling liberated, thank you, that's good. That, that, the only way we're going to feel it is if we move towards it, if we admit where we are. My dad always talks about the, the I am here, he's got that t-shirt. This is me. This is me, yeah, this is me. It's like this, what is, yeah. I'm confusing that with the um, story from that movie where the father-in-law says, this is the circle and you here. Remember that one? The circle of trust. And he's outside. It was hilarious. I've never forgotten it. It was, uh, yeah. I do remember the name. <laughs> Everyone's laughing because they remember the name. It's close to swearing. So, um, liberation. The action of setting someone free from imprisonment, slavery, or oppression. Release. Um, 
being f- uh, in a place of freedom from limits on thought or behavior. Isn't that like a freedom from limits on thought and behavior? Just feeling like, so who, who's feeling liberated? Freedom from thoughts, and, and from limits, sorry, on, on thoughts and behavior. Wow, who wants that? <laughs> I saw you clicking, I'm just, yeah, take it, take it, I'll blow it over you. Yeah. The action of setting someone free from imprisonment and Hungry, be thirsty for the Lord. It's so good. More, more. For those of you that think that they're joking, they're just having a great time in the Lord. So let them. Yeah. Um, I was just reading this thing about being liberated, and we've all been liberated in Christ. So if we're free from imprisonment, slavery, and oppression, there's this thing of running to other people with what we've been freed from. And probably one of my most profound ever, I ever thought, and this is me, very much me in my preaching history of which I've only done a few, I thought, geez, that was a good point. It was this, it was a while ago, it was actually a few years ago, it shows you how often they come, the great points. How can someone in slavery invite someone else into freedom? So if we're not liberated in Christ and we are going around saying, come join me, they're not going to want it because we're inviting them into a form of some kind of burdened yeah. imprisonment of rules and regulations and structures and systems and religion and they're not going to want it. So it's like one slave running up to another slave and saying, my slavery is better than yours, come join mine. And then, I mean, any level-headed slave will make a fair assessment and go, no, I actually quite like my slavery versus yours. So that was just the thought I was just having to start on on liberation. Because if we really are free and have been freed from imprisonment, there's something that just wonderfully wants to burst, like just burst burst forth out of us. And just invite people into that place. Just come, what I've found is just so, so wonderful. It's just like what I'm living in. I can be ridiculous, I can be... Gentle, I can be just free, I can just everything. I'm just, I've been freed from limits on my thoughts and my behavior. Isn't that quite profound? Just like the sense of what Jesus has come to do for each one of us. And we were having a conversation, I've been having this conversation with a few people this last week, just about how serious we take ourselves. We take ourselves, so anybody who doesn't take themselves serious, anybody? No. Exactly. That's the best way to do preaching points. Is there anybody here who doesn't? <laughs> it, it's, but we take ourselves so seriously. So, and it was sparked for me when I saw a photograph of myself and a few other, like a few years ago, and I thought, geez, look how serious I was taking myself in that time in my life. I was so, it was so intense. Yeah. Great. Yeah, just everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's true. You have different hairstyles or whatever, but you, he's teasing me because I used to have dreadlocks and my hair was like pulled back. <laughs> Today's going to be rough. <laughs> I 
actually the worst was when I did the cornrows. We were in Zanzibar. And don't worry, I've got a very short message, so we can do this. And it's the last Sunday. And we were in Zanzibar, and I did cornrows. And like, on a white male, it's not a vibe. It's not... <laughs> Like, your scalp hasn't seen the sun ever, and it's like, <laughs> nasty. And we're in there, and we like, imagine those Zanzibarians looking at these tourists all walking around their cornrows, you know, <laughs> and we all like, finally, you know, tick them, ticking that off our bucket list. But it was so tight. It's a headache for about three, four days until I couldn't bear it anymore. And they use this thread, and they weave it in, and they, oh man, it was so tight. <laughs> Anyway, it was really, and that wasn't the photo that I saw the other day, but exactly then, imagine me walking around with cornrows, taking myself serious. You know? Yeah, that's what we've been doing all our years, eh? Can you imagine? I love to find that photo for you, Pat. Jen, Jen's going to post it on the next church mailer, okay? Put it out there. Don't take myself serious, I'd love you to shame me on the church mailer, please. So, um, the, I heard about a prize um, that was given out last weekend at, at our kids' um, uh, what is it? end of year function. So they asked all the parents to donate prizes. Some of the parents are in the room, so <laughs> you're really laughing. Sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> I just, it's going to be hard. <laughs> you shouldn't have laughed. I was going straight face. It's going to be hard to get going once I get into the scriptures. <laughs> but it's, it really makes sense to what I'm point, preaching about liberation. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you that don't know this yet, this, the story I'm about to tell. So a parent, I don't know who it is, but they obviously like, don't own this hotel or whatever they do. <laughs> so they asked the, the families, can you give gifts and we'll, we'll auction them off and then the money will go to the school. So certain people give chairs and tables and fancy you know, stuff. And then someone gave a ticket to a meal. T, can you go out? I'm actually... I'm actually... <laughs> you just got, actually <laughs> this, this is not me. You guys will see, I, think actually, I was fine until she kept sparking me off with the laughter. So I'm, some, I'm just going to try the rest of you. So someone gave... <laughs> I can't get to the story, and it, it might not even be a punchline for some of you, but <laughs> someone gave a ticket for, <laughs> for a meal. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, this is being liberated, okay, everyone, we're just free, everyone just relax, just take a few breaths, I'm free from limits on my thoughts, on my behavior, I'm not oppressed, I can just laugh and... There's no structure that's, that is ought to in the New Testament. This is all part of the message. So it's for a meal at a restaurant, but it's for the buffet. And <laughs> in the lobby. Okay, so it's not in the main buffet, it's in the lobby. Okay, so you've got to eat, you get the plate, the small plate, this is legit, okay? There's different size plates. So the gift is you win a small plate, buffet meal, two hours before closing, <laughs> and you can only eat in the lobby. <laughs> it's a true story, okay? 
of pig. <laughs> there were five criteria to this buffet meal that were given to the school fundraiser. No, exactly. I've got a wonderful point. A wonderful point. I've been laughing at this thing all week and I'm, and I'm weaving it in wonderfully. Thank you for making my point. I believe many of us are living on that part of the gospel. Yeah? And it's just, we off-peak in the lobby, small plate, after closing, mid-season. <laughs> it's, this is a true story, guys. Someone, yeah. I'm going to actually get that. Can we put that on the... I know. It's the reason why it. That's why she was laughing so much. I'm going to get that and put that on the mail as well with a copy of the ticket for you guys. So just so in case you don't forget, it was a prize. It was a small plate. Meal in the lobby from the buffet. Two hours before closing, off peak. For one person? Yeah, for one. Thank you, For one. Exactly. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful picture for all of us that we'll never forget in our hope of what it looks like to have a small perspective on the buffet of heaven over our lives. Yeah, yeah. Just the sense of, yeah? There is no limits on our liberation. We're not, we can eat in the main, main, main sea, on peak. Yeah. Big plate, thank you. Yeah. I hope that one stays with you. It's been really um, a sense of great joy this week, just thinking about this most ridiculous prize. Like you would, I'm just imagining this person phoning in and saying, I'm just wanting to check, can I come redeem it? When would be off peak? Um, <laughs> what is the small, just, is, is that side, is that middle, is that main plate? And just trying to like, and, and we have so much of our lives like that about asking God, is it the full thing? Is it a little bit of this now? Is it this? Is it, yeah? So you're getting what I'm doing. I wove that in. Okay, you saw. It made. Okay, let's read Hebrews 11. All right. Great intro. 24 to 27. I'm reading out of Passion Translation. Faith enabled Moses to, to choose God's will, for although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. Choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God, Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed, more than in anything the world could offer him, for his eyes looked with wonder not on the immediate but on the ultimate. Faith's great reward. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. So we've been talking about Moses the last few weeks, except the one week where Fiona talked about Elijah. She made a mistake, but it was wonderful. She was brief to talk about Moses and then he didn't fit on the mountain that she'd drawn last week. If you didn't see the mountain, it's a wonderful artwork she brought. Thanks again for bringing back props. And I hope that we have more props in the new year. Artworks and slides. Yeah. So, he, uh, the, the first thing I want to raise about Moses, just to refresh and remind us, is this thing of, in the first week we talked about the, our promised land for each one of us is the place of knowing our calling in God. Is when we know our calling, that's when we arrive in the promised land. That's what the promised land is for New Testament people. It's like, this is what God's got for me, and that's my promised land. 
That's it. It's not a particular place, like a weird thing that some people in South Africa thought years ago, like this is for this people in this land. It's not that. It's, it's finding our calling in God, and that's our promised land. And uh, Dave wonderfully talked about how God using whatever's in our hand, and so sometimes finding our calling is just literally looking up at what's in my hand right now, and then going, okay, so surely I must be called to something that's connected to what is in, what's in my possession, what I've got. And then, so that's um, discovering our calling, but Moses refused to make his identity, um, to take his identity from this whole upbringing he'd had in Pharaoh's house. And he actually chose, we're reading here in um, 24, um, faith enabled him to do this, and he, raised, he was raised as Pharaoh's daughter, but he refused to make that his identity. And so we, were, we, we are people who've ref, who are moving from a place of accepting the stuff around us that has formed our identities to refusing to let that be our identity by faith. We're saying our new identity is now in Christ. And so everything that was forming us, like Pharaoh's house and his daughter that raised me and all the stuff, is not forming us anymore. By faith, I'm now identifying with Christ. And Christ within me, and me within Him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we move from that to this liberated place of finding our identity in Christ, not in ourselves anymore, not in our circumstances, not in our upbringing, not in our context, not in our language, not in our whatever. Yeah? So instead, He chose to suffer this mistreatment with the people of God. He actually chose to, to leave the life of privilege, go down there, and we talked about it in the first few weeks, he went and he tried to protect them, and he went through the whole thing. But instead, he chose from this wonderful place of comfort to go into suffering in order to move into his calling. So it should be dead quiet, because that's, that's what's going to happen for each one of us, to move from a place of our sort of pseudo-identity into our true calling, is we have to learn to let go of the comfort of that pseudo-identity by faith, to move into a place of possibly intense suffering. All the years he had out there, in the in uh, where was it Mid Midian? Am I right? Yeah. And all those years, and all that suffering, all that time, and all that shame, and all that stuff, in order to move into what God had for him. But we read a bit further on, and he says, Moses preferred faith certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. So he had found a certainty in faith in God that he preferred above the pleasure of where he was right now. And they talk about that as the sinful pleasure of where many of us are right now, choosing the sinful pleasures of our day right now, comforting ourselves with sinful pleasures instead of walking in faith in who God has called us to be. Instead of choosing to move into suffering, possibly, we choose the pleasures of sin. But he chose to identify with his true person. So he, instead of preferring faith certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures, and that phrase has just been with me the whole week, the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. It's like how fickle and shallow and short are the pleasures that we get from sin in the moment. We don't often talk about sin, hardcore sin. Where's gas? Is it gone? And I wanted to just ask him a question. But there's, there's this, there's, we, there's like we've got this sort of, yeah, we all accept it and God doesn't see our sin, whatever. He does see our sin because it affects our ability to move in step with him. So it's, he's very aware of it. It's not that he's, he's, he's not aware of it. He also just isn't, gonna let, isn't just going to relate to it. He's going to relate to who we are. It's perfect. So it's not that we are now those people who, who must be afraid to talk about sin because we're in grace. just want to clarify that because I feel like sometimes we can maybe err too far on the side of like, no, no, um, sister, no, uh, brother, you are sinning and you must stop. 
that's something we should maybe do a bit more. Instead of in grace, sometimes we go like, yeah, you're wonderful and you'll be fine. Sometimes you just have to tell someone. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's somewhere in here. So he found his true wealth in suffering, abuse for being anointed, more than in anything the world could offer him. For his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate. And that's the invitation for us, is to catch a sight of what God has actually set us up for. And it's not for our fame and our ego and our position and Moses being the mighty man of Israel for the next 40 years and being the hero. It's actually for what the Father wanted to do with the nation. And he was just getting to be, as we joked, a vessel. This person just who gets to be used of God and that was the ultimate. I get to be used of God. That's my promised land. That's, I found my niche. My calling is this place of where I found my niche in God. It's, I've got this calling and it's a wonderful place. I'm settled. I'm... I'm I'm relaxed in who I am in God. And there's suffering and there's all this kind of stuff along the way. But it's me. This is me. I'm, I've seen something great. I've seen the ultimate by faith. So you can say to me, I agree. Or you can say to me, speak some more and explain it some more at this point in the message. Because that's the opening part about faith. Amen. Faith. No more sin. Um, seeing ahead. Catching sight. Yeah. Looking with wonder. We've got to do more stuff to have more we've got to do more things to get more wonder in our lives about what it is God's wanting to use and do with us like, I think when we move back to Woodstock next year there's some wonder that God wants to reopen for all of us around the wonderfulness of people <coughs> and just running to people that are imprisoned our, fle- our, 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 our friend Fleming our friend Fleming um, from Copenhagen he, he talked about being a church that runs towards pain. It's like such a wonderful thing. When you see someone else who's in prison and you now are free, you go like, I'm going to run towards where that spot of pain is or that imprisonment is. Make sure that I can do whatever I can to be part of that person's liberation. Yeah. So, let's just agree together. I think we should just say this together as a kind of a declaration. Would you do this with me? We refuse to make our identity on our circumstances or on past events. Amen? Yeah. And I'm going to make you say something else. We prefer the certainty of faith. Yeah? It's wonderful what God will do with us if we just allow that to, to well up in us. You know, I was baking bread. Here's the loaf. Um, big into props now in this church. Uh, we always bring in um, props and artworks and stuff. Breads, this is a loaf. Uh, it's in a woody's bucket. Um, the bread, the loaf, of the, the loaf of the Lord. I'm getting quite lekker with the twists. Yeah. It's a sourdough. And... Uh, I was watching this loaf rise, and I was thinking, no, it's not going to work. Nothing, it's not going to rise. Who, who's had, never had sourdough? Can I give this to someone? Anybody ever, never had a sourdough loaf of bread, super healthy vibes? No one? I know lots of people that will eat this, but anybody that's never had this, I'd love to give it to you. Anybody? Weena, that's yours. Um, enjoy this, man. This is a gift. No, it's, yeah, a little bit, but... but You'll love it. It's free, but it's slow. It's a whole thing with natural cultures, whatever. Enjoy it. And I was watching the loaf bake, and I thought, 
this is going to be a flop. And you're watching this thing, and it's like it's staying small, and you're thinking, have I, you know, some of the bread breakers here can relate, and you've got this, like, oh, flip, I've let this one, it's like depleting. And then it just, you know what I mean? It comes, it comes up. And you see the top, it's already hardened, and you think, how the heck is this thing going to come up? But it's hard. But it comes up. It's amazing. Have you ever watched the loaf for long in the oven? I'm like just down there and I'm watching this thing. And often the kids will come and I'll say, come check this loaf. And they're like, oh, whatever, whatever. And I'm like watching this loaf. And, and it, it just somehow, it comes up. But it's already hard. Quite amazing. And I, I, and I think that for many of us, this was a great picture that I had this week on this bread. That sort of initial disappointment that you get in this loaf sort of doesn't want to rise and you're thinking, oh my word, too long in the thing and the proof and the waiting and the whole thing and then it's not going to... And we've, and we've got this kind of... I don't want to say on blanket on everyone, but many of us have got a place where we, where we stop at like the first disappointment. Yeah. We, get, we see, okay, this loaf's not going to rise and then you just leave the kitchen. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let it bake and then I'll throw it away. It's going to be a flatbread. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but that's a way of living that we have. You know what? I've, I've like put this thing, I've done this big effort, whatever, and it's, just, it's going to be flat. It's actually at that moment there where God's inviting us to have the faith, that perspective, to see a little bit further and to say, you know what? Something from within this thing can arise. I can do that. And um, that, that place of disappointment lifts off us. As we allow God to do that. So I want to ask you to say something with me also. Again, quickly on this topic. Um, we won't be shaped by disappointment. That's it. That's all I wanted us to say. Because I feel like just that is so powerful. Saying... I'm not going to let disappointment shape my life. Yeah. I'm not going to see things and think it's not going to there, there. If I'm a person of faith, then disappointment doesn't have a place. It shouldn't have that weight that I'm giving it. So I hope we just broke something for each of us there. Yeah, and this week, I'm going to read Romans 8, 14 now. Um, <clears throat> this week, just really asking the Lord some questions about how He relates to me and how do I relate to Him and Reflecting on image and on, on, on him, his image, how I see myself, how he knows me, that he doesn't see my sin, that he sees me in the future, and he, and he relates to me as this present person, yet I'm still a mess, and all this kind of stuff. So I just want to read Romans 8. It says this, verse 14 to 15, also out of the Passion. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you've received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as He rises up within us, our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. I'm going to read this whole thing again. Romans 8.14 The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. 
and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you've received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you'll never feel orphaned. For as He rises up within us, our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. So, Lekka, eh? go and make that your scripture for the week. That's our reading this week. Yeah. Romans 8, 14 to 15, everyone. We'll put it on the mail. But go and read that this week and dwell on it. Just how much of our life are we spending with this stuff where we don't believe that we are beloved by God? Like, we have this reflection of ourselves and it's not how He knows us. It's not how He sees us. It's not how He relates to us. Yeah. And he says, he has has no desire for us to be in any form servants with a religious duty mindset. Like, I need to serve, I need to work, I need to do my bit. Because that stuff leads us into the fear of never being good enough. I haven't served enough, I haven't done enough of the duties, I haven't. So it goes on, there's that fear, and we live with that fear of never being good enough, meeting up to God's image. But we've received the spirit of full acceptance. So say with me, I have received the spirit of full acceptance. You can say, good. Yeah. And he's enfolded us into his family and we'll never feel orphaned. And I feel like so many of us, all the time, we spend so much time orphaning ourselves from God. We're doing this. I don't know if you relate. Raise a hand if you relate. We're orphaning ourselves from God all the time because we believe, yeah? We believe that we don't meet up because we're living with a religious duty mindset. Like I didn't pray today. Like I was going to preach today and I didn't, have a, I didn't pray before I came here. And the Spirit said to me, no, actually, you, just, you can't pray a good preach. You just can talk about what's in you. So just don't worry about it. But how much of our lives are we having this weird, warped mindset of, I didn't work, I didn't, I didn't earn my way into the family. But we've received the spirit of full acceptance by grace. It's a gift that's been given to us. Because we have had this faith and that certainty that's come from that. So God wants to really make us an unshakable people today. I felt like we're going into this break and just wants to like settle something on us on acceptance. And I was up on the mountain and I was reflecting on, on, on some of the stuff that I know myself to be in the deep places, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment, because I think many of us can relate to that, where we actually, if we had to pause and reflect, and we had to say, how do I truly know myself? Let me quickly write a list of some of the things that I, I think negatively about myself, not the positives, just the negatives, and I was thinking, I was writing it, I'm a disappointment, I'm lazy, I'm inconsistent, I'm selfish, I'm a wasted potential, I'm easily distracted, I'm self-censored, I'm inconsiderate, I'm disobedient, I'm confused, I'm uncertain. I'm aware of how I look. I'm financially careless. I am all these things and all a, a million more. Anybody relate to a lot of those kind of things? I rattled them off in fast so that you wouldn't start to dig into my soul too deeply. But we can go, should we do it slowly? Because I'm being teasing. Who feels like they relate to themselves as a disappointment? Who relates to themselves as lazy? These are just mine. I mean, there's a million others that you guys have got for yourselves. You've formed them, you've created them, and you cultivate them. They're yours at the moment. Are you going to break them? I'm a waste of potential. 
I'm easily distracted. This is some of mine. And I just like, I'm up there and I just ask the Lord, okay? I want to know. I want to write a quick list of what you're wanting to break, of how you know me and how you relate to me is quite different to these things. Yeah, so he, he, he doesn't see us as in an orphan way. He sees us as Jesus who was perfect and accepted because he lived a perfect life. And we've been invited into that spirit of complete, full acceptance in God. But yet we are on this journey of learning how to do that towards ourselves. And I think today the prayer that I have is that we will all discover how to do what the Father is doing towards us, towards ourselves. That makes sense. So what He's doing towards us, as the scriptures say, like His posture towards us, that we would learn how to be that towards ourselves. Because we're spending so much time disqualifying and breaking ourselves out of how the Father relates to us, actually. Yes? A little bit. Who vulnerably would put their hand up and say, I've got about five of those things and another five? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe make a list. Maybe it's a bit of a brief. How do I relate to myself? How do I know myself in the negative? Some of the things. And, I mean, you could do it on any given day and there'd be a million new ones. But maybe do it. And then do some declarations of those things. You know what? In faith, I say I'm not these things. I'm not this thing. In faith, I say I'm not that thing. It's like we get to move from the uncertainty of this place of like being formed by our scenario and moving in to certainty through faith. As we saw Moses do. Yeah, he wants to perfect these weaknesses in us. And I was reminded of this. <clears throat> I sang a classic old song here earlier. It's Jesus, your name is like honey in my lips. But in the last few weeks, I've been reminded of a song I used to sing a lot in my teens. It was written by Brent Helming and it was called I Am Your Beloved. I don't know if anyone here remembers it. It's old. Lord, it was you who created the heavens. Lord, it was you who put the stars in the sky. Lord, it was you who comes in the morning. I can't remember. Anyway, the chorus. I am your beloved. You've called me chosen. You've made me as your own. Something like that. But anyway, when I get when I could play it, I was known all the words. Um, and I just, I was, it was about three, four weeks ago, I was having a really low morning and I just remembered the song and I just started to sing it and it was just like this moment of just like remembering all the years of God speaking to me, I am your beloved. Just like over and over again and me getting to say it back to him and like just singing it out in agreement that I am his beloved. He wants us to learn how to do that to ourselves. There's a lot of power and freedom available to us as believers when we learn to love ourselves as Jesus loves us. There's a lot. There's a lot more for us. Seriously. There's an invitation for us in these next couple of weeks to take a walk on the beach, to do some stuff that, that we discover how much we are loved by Jesus and how much we need to learn to love ourselves. Yeah. So I hope you get to do that. Um, I really do. And... Another comment I just want to make. I've got one more scripture. Um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 30. It talks about one can slay a thousand and two can slay ten thousand. And I want to just encourage you to invite someone in to that space with you. To really, you know, to do that type of a thing to the stuff that's been holding you and keeping you away from who you really are in God. So invite someone in. Hey, would you mind walking with me? Practically, like, okay, I'm two walking on the beach, and then there was one. I mean, practically, ask them to walk with you on the beach, okay? And 
pick up a starfish and do the thing and say to them, I view myself as a disappointment and I want you to walk with me until I don't view myself as a disappointment. So that I can actually have, a, a, I can have the full awareness of, of myself as Christ has of me, as the Father has of me. I feel like there's going to be a lot of freedom for, the, for us on this. This is where the liberation really comes. It's actually not so much about believing again that Jesus has done it for us on the cross. It's actually living into our inner, our inner voice, our inner selves, starting to actually agree with that ourselves, how we know ourselves. Because we know that freedom's already happened for us on the cross. I met a guy the other day, if anyone knows um, Jeffrey Bays. Anyone been there? No? Jeffrey Bay? I met a guy, genuine, with a G. Jeffrey Bays. B-U-Y-S. Similar to Jeffrey's Bay, the place. I was just thinking about this guy. What a lacquer name. Jeffrey Bays. Hey? It is. It's, it's probably base or something. But his parents probably weren't making the connection. They were inland. And they were thinking... Anyway, I just wanted to put that in there. First Corinthians 13, 12 to 13. For those of you that don't know, I was just talking about Jeffrey's Bay, the place. <laughs> exactly. Let's read 1 Corinthians 13, 12 to 13. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. This is the one that they read at weddings, the bottom part. And I'm going to close off with this scripture. <clears throat> just, I was just so struck by how, you know, they talk about these, um, in, those, in those times that the mirror would have been this kind of dimly polished brass or something, and you could hardly see yourself, and that's what, it's, that's what Paul's actually talking about. And, uh, you know, now we see ourselves dimly as in a mirror, and that's actually what they were experiencing. Um, and when he's, when he's talking about us seeing, um, you'll see face to face, it's, as, it's as, as if the experience that Moses had with the Father, when he got to encounter the Father um, face to face. And, then, <clears throat> and now, in the New Testament, for all of us, we have this most wonderful connection ongoingly with the face of Jesus. And so, I'm going to read this again to you and have this perspective of yourself previously looking in a brass, dimly, shiny, polished mirror to the moment when you actually fully see in the mirror that we use today. And we get to see all of our blemishes. For now we see, for now, we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as they're reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. And you picture yourself, you're standing there in the mirror and you're seeing yourself as Christ sees you, fully known. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I'll understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. And so all the stuff that we're wrestling with about ourselves and this thing of who I'm this, I'm that, and actually everything about us has already been fully understood. 
And there's a searching we're doing to find ourselves and to dig deep and to like, go to all these places. But actually everything about us is already fully understood in the Father. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope and love. Yet love surpasses them. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So I hope this has been helpful to you today and you feel loved and reminded of how much God loves you and wants to set each one of us free by His Spirit. And uh, I'm just so aware that if we're not fully liberated, we are living a shadow or a dimly lit mirror of what Jesus really wants to do. So I'm going to close off with this from the beginning again to remind you it's freedom from limits on thought and behavior. That's what liberation is. From the limits on thought and behavior. And Jesus has done this for us. He's established the level of liberation for us that we could only ask, think, dream, or imagine. Now, he said something, and he said, like, you see these things, these are great, but you're going to actually walk in greater. And he's invited us to actually start to think beyond our early disappointments or our current sort of perspectives, or I'm this, and I, therefore, am disqualified. My circumstances mean this, and therefore, I can't. So, I hope it's been helpful. It's been a bit of a small buffet in the, in the lobby of Peak. Take what you want. Hope it helps. Who, 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 we're going to pray for each other quick. And who feels like they're in the lobby with a small buffet of Peak? Two plates, whatever. And I just want a bit of freedom. Anybody? Yeah, good. Can, we, can you guys just stand? We're just going to pray. It's not going to be weird. Um, <clears throat> so those of you that just raised your hand, just open up your hands. We just say... Holy Spirit, thank you for the hunger to move into more levels of freedom. Move out of the lobby, off the small plate, onto the main course. Just speak your freedom right now. We speak liberation in Jesus' name. We can't do it, we just speak it by your Spirit. Liberation in Jesus' name. To move from a place of being bound up, imprisoned, enslaved, oppressed in our thoughts, in our, in our life, in the way we live, in our patterns, in our rhythms, and move into freedom from limits on our thoughts and our behavior. In Jesus' name, just speak it right now. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do this? Welcome your Spirit right now. Would you come? Would you do it? Would you do it? And we just break this, we've joked about it, but we just break this small plate, off peak, that's what I deserve. Because I'm this, I don't qualify, I'm a disappointment, I'm this, I've got these bad patterns, I'm this. I, am, I only deserve a Side plates in the lobby off peak. Actually, the Father's inviting you to the main course on peak. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your perspective right now. I just pray that by your Spirit, you just well up within them. Like we, like we joked about the bridge, just rising up, but like where we see it's, it's impossible, we just speak that you well up right now, Spirit. When we see the things that are impossible, we say, how could you ever shift that or change it? We just say, would you well up, would you rise up by your Spirit right now? From within, from within, from within. So those of you that are standing, just begin to agree with what the Spirit might be speaking to you in faith. Just as you stand there, just felt urged to say that you just, as you stand there, just say like, like, Father, a quick, forgive me, I'm sorry, I've just lost course, but I just stand here today and I agree that what you set me up for is everything, is liberated me is me in full freedom from the limits on my thoughts and my behavior. And just begin to agree with them.
Yeah, so the rest of you guys, I would love it if you would stand with me too while we just carry on praying. Sort of um, just trusting you, God, that you want to just do some significant stuff with us this afternoon. Just felt like we should all pray together around this thing of being a people willing to be set apart for God, who've seen something that is greater, that is further, for the certainty that's ahead. Um, as we read yeah, about Moses just being moving into certainty by faith and saying today in agreement together here we say we want to break off the enjoyment of sin's pleasures we want to break off the comforts that we are choosing that are that are actually keeping us outside of the promised land of our callings so these next couple of weeks we just would you set us up right now this afternoon god to to begin to move in step with you to walk with you to hear your voice i see some of you learning how to Engage with God in profound new ways of question and answer as you engage with a friend. Just question and answer. So you might even want to start doing that right now, but he's just going to say, okay, so you're thinking that, I'm thinking this, this is it. Ask me and I'll answer you. What is it that you're desiring? And I'll ask me and I'll answer you. And I'm seeing some of you making some lists and saying like, okay, I'm going to ask these questions and I'm going, to, I'm going to take these answers and then I'm going to base my life on the answers. I'm not going to doubt the answers. Because there's a certainty that comes by faith. You come and do it, Holy Spirit. Move amongst us. Move amongst us. Yeah, move amongst us, Holy Spirit. By spirit, by spirit. I'm just going to take one more minute and just say, Holy Spirit, would you come and weave and do what only you can do in our innermost parts right now? Draw us into the freedom that you died for. Draw us into the liberation that you've set us up for. It's where we've been designed to run to. The liberation that you set us up for. How much he loves us, he loves us, he loves us in our innermost parts. How much He loves us, He loves us, He loves you in your innermost parts. Just hear that word of the Father. He loves us, He loves us. Yeah, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. So can we, um, can we close off today by making a declaration together? You can just say it with me if you're comfortable. I'm moving from the lobby to the main course. Yeah, amen. Side plate to the main plate. I'm free. Yeah. If you've got a physical ailment, I'd love to pray for healing. Some of us, so please don't leave. We'd love to pray for you and for your body. Otherwise, bless you guys. Thanks for coming. Have a wonderful month off.